right, two things need to happen. First of all, give me a warning next time. <laughs> Second of all, that was really cool. So all of you need to go to camp next year. <laughs> High fives. All right. All right, we're going to, we took a break last week. We're going to pick back up, though, into um, our Everest series. And I want to recap just a little bit of it, because if you're like me, you've forgotten it. Two weeks ago. I'm just kidding. But uh, there's, a, there's a lot of reason behind the Everest thing. Part of it is because the, the location that we're getting ready to move into used to be Everest University. And as I was staring at that sign going in and out of that building when the sign was still there, I'd uh, just be like, God, what do you want? Where are we at as a church? And it's like, you've been staring at it. Um, so we talked a little bit about the fun facts from uh, Mount Everest, but there's a few Im- important things that I want to pick up from two weeks ago to kind of get us maybe back in the mindset of we're, we're ascending, we're going up something to a higher, to a higher place with Jesus. We've we got to leave where we were, we've got to go to where he's calling us to be, and it's always up, it's always up. We're going to talk about that in the scripture a little bit later. But anyone have a mountaintop experience with God before? You know what I'm talking about? Like some like major interaction in your life where like someone was miraculously healed or something dramatically changed or that moment in your time. Hopefully the mountaintop experience is when you got saved. I would call it at least a mountaintop experience because that's when the summit came to, to, the, to, to the valley, right? That the king came down, that grace met us in the name of Jesus Christ and we were saved. That's a mountaintop experience. But a lot of times we expect that first moment or maybe those moments that we've had, maybe just a few times in our lives, and like we hope that's the way God works all the time. If you're like me, the reality is much different. We learn and we understand that God works a little differently. What we should be doing is becoming acclimatized to His atmosphere, to His environment. Because if you took all of us right now and you dropped off at the top of Mount Everest wearing what we were wearing, uh, it wouldn't be warm up there. You know, and our, just, our breath becomes this giant block of ice and just falls, right? And we'd, be, we'd just freeze to death in a matter of seconds. Seconds up there, 30 seconds would be our lifespan at the top of Mount Everest right now. We could just go up there. We need preparation. We need to get used to the environment. We need to get used to the, uh, to the atmosphere. We have to have the right gear for the journey because wearing this ain't going to get me too far. I know the base camp is already 17,000 feet above sea level. And there's three camps above that and then the summit. So we need to be thinking in a different mindset of, of getting our, our lives acclimatized to God's environment. A lot of times we like to put God trying to get acclimatized to our environment. Like, God, fit into my puzzle. Like, you're a piece, and this is the picture that I want to create. God's like, no, 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 you got it backwards. Here's my picture, and you're a piece, and you got to fit in to what I'm trying to create. And we get our brains around that, it's, it's totally different. Because you and I, spiritually, we were, we were made to be climbers. We were made to go somewhere, to go on a journey, to have uh, a natural evolution with Jesus. Evolution's not a bad word. It's a process. It's just a process. Evolution with Jesus. Because wherever you started, you have evolved, right? You have grown into a new person, into a new creation in Jesus Christ. And you and I were made to be climbers, but it's a whole lot easier to be campers. Flag. I'll just stay here for a while. This is comfortable. It's intense, right? I'll just uh, sit here for a while, and I like to be here. No one get me out of my comfort zone. No one ask me to do anything. Oh, we're singing a new song today. Whatever that looks like for you, I like being comfortable. And God calls us always into the uncomfortable because God works in the uncomfortable. 
Because when we know, when we think we have all the answers, we're like little teenagers. No offense. They think they know everything. And at one time, already, one of us did. We, we thought we knew everything at a certain period, right? And then we grew up to find, wow, I didn't know anything. And who was right? Who was always right? Your parents, right? We always, yeah, 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 you keep saying that now. You will laugh later, much, much later, if you survive. Um, we, we get to a point, so, you know, we, we grow up, and we're like, wow, they were right. And we get to a point, we mature in our faith, we're like, we come to this point, of like, I thought I knew everything, but God, you, you do, as we grow up and think more spiritually mature. So today, we're going to be talking about looking forward in our faith. Philippians chapter 3 is where we're going to be today, and I'll read all of it, and we're going to come back. Actually, no, 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 okay. Philippians chapter 3. I'll debate. We'll just, we'll work our way through it. I had two options. I'm choosing the second one. Philippians chapter 3. Which verse? All of it. Um, verse 1. Paul's writing this. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble for me. It doesn't take anything for me to write rejoice in the Lord. And it's safe for you. Always a good place. Rejoice in the Lord. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And here Paul gives us a warning. So I want us this whole time to be thinking about everyone taking the climb. Right? We're on this journey together. We are going up the mountain to where God is calling us to be. And he says, keep a watch out for sin and evil. He gives this warning. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Keep a lookout for sin. A lot of the times we like to look out for sin. A lot of times we should be looking in for sin. Because it's a whole lot easier and a whole lot more fun to point out sin in somebody else's life. Oh, look at that. He did that again. I told him. I told him. She said that thing again. She did it. I can see it. Ugh. I need to step into her life and say, <clears throat> you, need to, uh, you need to fix this sin problem you have in your life. A lot of times it's easier and more fun for us to look out in someone else's life and call out the sin, but what we should be doing often is looking inward and finding the sin and keeping a watch out for that in our own lives. Because either this is all right or it's all wrong. It's not half right and half wrong. This hasn't changed in thousands of years. And culture is. Now, I'm not the judge. Jesus is. But I will not ignore in my life what this book labels as sin. Homosexuality, slander, gossip, drunkenness, lying, murder. You see the kids murdered this past week in Orlando? Broke my heart. This guy killed four kids, one a 22-month-old. Adultery. You're like, I've not cheated on my wife. You know how many Christians today are comfortable looking at pornography? I had a mic, I'll drop it here. Adultery. They're like, I wouldn't go physically cheat on my spouse, but they'll go to a computer and click a button. That's sin, y'all. That's, that's wrong. Why? Because this book says it's wrong. And yes, disobedience, disobeying the Lord, knowing what you should do, not doing it. And I will let God judge when it's the important time to. But until then... You and I need to keep our heads on a swivel. I was able to... Um, the past two weeks, I've been at two different conferences. Um, 
helping uh, lead. Week before last, I was at uh, a uh, Methodist annual conference over in uh, Florida Southern College, and I was helping lead worship for that because um, some friends of mine asked me to come in and, and play piano and, and keyboard for that. And, and one of the downtimes and one of the breaks, um, got to sit down on this bench. And the LGBTQ thing is a really hot button right now, especially within the Methodist denomination. Sat down and sat on the bench, and this guy was talking to me. And, and he, he had very, we're having a great conversation, and he's letting me know that he you know, used to be the president of the LGBTQ chapter out in St. Louis, Missouri, and didn't stop us from having a great conversation. And he turns to me, and, and he says, where are you from? Actually, I'm, I'm the pastor, pastor of a Baptist church. <laughs> Sweet man turned white. And he sat there for a second, and our conversation changed. Because a lot of people in a lot of different churches have not wanted to sit down on a bench and simply have a conversation with somebody and be an example. Now, yes, this may say his lifestyle is wrong, but man, this also says some things in my life are wrong. <laughs> and in Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, As far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. The person you're climbing by as you pursue Jesus might have farther to go than you do. And they might have to redirect everything to follow what this says. But you don't have to kick them off the mountain. Many Christians today are known not for their hospitality, but for their ability to be colossal jerks. My sister is the, uh, I have twin sister, she's the um, Southeastern representative for Curtain Call Dance Costumes. And she sells, she's the southern representative, and they, every one of these dance studios call her for dance costumes. You know, the ones that call her out and cuss her out are the faith-based studios. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of Christians have the ability to be colossal jerks. They're so great at identifying sin in someone else's life and ignoring their own. Again, Romans twelve eighteen. as far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. God is the judge. Let's look inside first, right? Y'all with me on this as we climb the mountain? Okay. Because we, we get so wrapped up and someone will post something anti-God on Facebook or on social media. And we, have to like, we feel like we have to come to, to this is defense. And we get it all wrong because we don't. We shouldn't be spending our time defending Jesus. We should be spending our time displaying Jesus. Jesus does not need defending. He never did. Because the gospel always speaks for itself. It always has. It always will. God does not need us to come to his rescue. Have you think about that? <laughs> we want to launch right into this debate on social media with our friends. You don't have to. Read this. Act the way this says. Live the way this says. We keep going in Philippians chapter 3. Moving on through verse 4 through 6. And what Paul's basically going to say is, here is he was climbing another mountain for a while. Verse 4. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And here he's getting ready to go on a soapbox because he said, anything you think you used to do right in, in this culture, he did better. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Hebrew of Hebrews, right? of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. There's no higher rank, right? As to zeal, so zealous, 
So jealous, so zealous as a Jew that he would persecute the church. He'd put other people to death for believing something. He was the best Jew there was, the best Pharisee there was. He's like, anything you think you were right, I was, I'd reach the top of my own individual mountain. And you can do everything right in the world's view and still be wrong in God's view. You can reach the top of your own peak, your, your own climb. Your, I want to get to this rank as CEO. Or I want to have this much money in the bank. Or I want to be this type of person. Or I want to have this, 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 and this. And 18 Ferraris in the garage. Or you can reach the peak of all of that and live a lifestyle that backs that up. And you can still be wrong in God's eyes. In other words, you can spend your whole life climbing the wrong mountain. Verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, they're garbage, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. In other words, he had spent a long time climbing this mountain. He had reached the top. Paul was not an, a young guy when he found Jesus and when Jesus found him. He had been, sure, he'd been to this point in his life he's like, I've got everything. But when he learned that he was climbing the wrong mountain, and his eyes were opened physically and spiritually, Paul's life totally changed. So I'm going to be climbing this mountain. I'm going, to, I'm going to shoot for where God is calling me to be. I'm going to follow Jesus that I've known and met. And basically what he's saying is it's never too late to begin the climb. You could be 18 or 80. Never too late to redirect your life and what God is calling you into, to stop doing the things that He says are sinful and wrong and start walking a new path, to turn your back on the things that are in the past and say, I'm going to focus forward. That's what we're talking about today, looking forward in our faith. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained this. Anyone on the mountaintop yet? Right, didn't think so. Not that you've already obtained this or are already perfect. Anyone gone to heaven and come back? Great, okay, keep going. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. We are his children, and he is our father. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on, press on, press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. I'm going to pause here really quickly because we... we don't do this really well. We like to remember what lies behind and reflect on it and go back on it and lean back on it again. Anything in our past, any, any accolades resting on our laurels. You've heard that phrase, right? It's not resting on your yannies. Okay. Thank you. Slow, slow clap. Okay. I'm done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We, we like to remember what's behind instead of forgetting what's left behind. And Paul reminds us here, we need to be pressing forward, pressing forward, pressing forward. And I love the words he uses here because he's so careful, right? 
But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and what, if you're following along in verse 13. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. And this is why the mountaintop and going up Everest for us, if, if you're like me, that creates such a visual image. Because no one goes up Mount Everest like this. It's like, like wind in the face and it's like, like it's, it's like wind in the face blowing. Maybe I would like to yodel on the top of Mount Everest. So this is my Mount Everest, okay? Create your own picture. Do the church clap. Do the church. So no one goes, no one goes up Mount Everest like it's a walk in the park. They they go up Mount Everest and it's hard. It's hard. They're straining forward every step. They're complaining about hills in Tennessee. Every step is up and up and up. 29,000 feet up. And it's straining, straining, straining forward. And no one ever said living like this is easy. It's not. But it's worth it. It's worth it. And you're going to have to strain in some areas in your life to make the climb. Because if you're comfortable, you ain't climbing. You're camping. You ever go to the gym? I used to. And I always, you know, you see a lot of people gravitate right towards the, if they're going to do some cardio or something, they gravitate towards two things. They gravitate towards the, the treadmill, which is flat, and the bike, where you sit down. And so you have a bunch of people going with their legs and sitting down. That was me sometimes. Sometimes you have some people going treadmill. But then you look down, there's always like four or five really weird-looking machines at the end that only a few people are on. And these things are called stair climbers. And the stair climber people, those are a totally different group. Because you can get off of a treadmill, and you can get off of my, you have like a little sweat, but the, tre- the, the stair climber people walk by, and they might as well have just jumped in the pool. And they're like, because they've been doing this for like, like climbing, go, go to, I, I, five minutes on a stair climber will change your life. Okay, It's totally different, because when you're going up, the exercise is a lot more arduous than going flat. And if you and I are climbing, we're going to get a little bit winded. And it's going to take something from us. And we're going to have to strain forward because it's easy to walk flat. But going up requires more. And this is where he gets to in verse 14. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I've read this verse wrong my whole life until this past week. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's so many phrases in there. Press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Like, Paul, slow down. This is like eight sentences and just packed in this little thing. And if you're like me up until this past week, you, you used to think that the goal is heaven. Right? You're pressing on towards heaven. That's our destination. But the goal and the prize is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's attainable right now. 
That's the destination we can reach. It's the upward call of God in your life and in mine. To shift our perspective. Say, okay, God, go here. Okay, upward call. Great. <laughs> Yay, I'm here. God says, don't get comfortable. You're camping. Ooh, upward call. Goal for the prize. I go here. I keep listening. Okay, upward call. There it is. There it is. I go for the prize. And I win every time with God, going up the mountain at these different levels. The prize is the call, but you have to be making the climb to hear it. Verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. Pause here for a second, let that sink in. Let those of us who are mature think this way. See, there's a lot of spiritually immature Christians. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything, and if in anything you think otherwise, God reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Don't go back down the mountain. You ain't at the top yet. Forget what's behind. Press on to what's ahead. You see, mature climbers in our faith, in our life, mature climbers move forward and think forward. I'll say that again. Mature climbers move forward and think forward. You want a sign of your growth with God? Analyze how you think. Look at your patterns in your life, your schedule. Are you forward moving with God? Are you giving God more or giving God less? Are you spending more time with God or spending less time with God? I saw a great quote on Facebook, social media. said, if you're, if you're not feeling close to God, guess who moved? Verse 17, Brothers, join, me in, or join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Sounds like the world, right? Also sounds like a lot of other Christians. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. How do they do that? By reading this and ignoring it. Taking pieces out of context. By believing half and not the other half, the part that's comfortable and not the part that's uncomfortable. Living fine with some sins while not being okay with others. That's how. In the climbers community, Paul lists three things we need to do. And men, I'm calling you out because it's Father's Day. Number one, set the example. To join in imitating me. Let's, let's be in this together, Paul writes. Set the example. So that other climbers can say, okay, that's how to climb. Because I'm struggling to put one foot in front of the other, but that's how. Oh, and look at the gear he has. Maybe I need to, maybe there's a you know, 7-Eleven somewhere halfway up, you know, Mount Everest, and they can swap shop and stuff, and I need new boots. Oh, there's new boots. Thank you. 
Number one, set the example. Number two, keep your eye on other climbers. Keep your eye on other climbers. Number three, not all who climb are in it for the right reasons. Another conference was happening this past week up in Georgia. I wasn't there. Uh, I just had some friends who were. And one of the quotes, the tweetables that got shared out was trying to call for, you know, uh, a new perspective and a new direction of the United Methodist Church up in Georgia. And one of the, the quotes that one of my friends posted and got a lot of likes and hearts and hashtags and reshares and all that kind of stuff, the, this this pastor, bishop lady, she was saying, you know, you know give, give me a double-wide trailer and a couple of young clergy and we will build a church like you've never seen. Oh, they loved it. It was great. It's all wrong. John 14, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is our church. Again, reminder, this ain't my church. I'm part of it. And how this church is growing. This God is out of the increase. This is His church. And the song we sang earlier, like, shake these walls. Shake down or tear down the steeples, the things that we have erected to be important in our lives, and say, let's focus back on God. And I hope He's doing that this morning. Shaking the walls of our hearts. Maybe He's stirring up something in us because we've got a climb to make. But not all who climb are in it for the right reasons. And he closes out the chapter by saying this. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So that we've talked about the climber's identity community, this is the climber's identity. That your and my citizenship is in heaven and its Savior. And this is where identity can be found for us. Because you're not going to find your identity in your job. I tried it. You're not going to find your identity in a status or a title. I've been there. You're not going to find your identity in your talent or the things that you are good at. You can only find your identity in Christ Jesus. And that identity is calling us to climb. To press on. To strain forward. And if you're going to walk out of here this morning, I pray you walk out of here differently and choose to do something different in your life. To make the climb. If you've read the Bible five days a week, read it seven if you prayed for 10 minutes, prayed for 10 hours. If you shared the gospel once in the last 10 years, share the gospel 10 times in the next 10 days. Change something. Because if I've said all of this and you walk out of here and you don't do nothing different, this is pointless. I'd rather watch the youth dance for 30 minutes. Y'all hearing me on this? Go out there and be the change. Be the Jesus the world desperately needs to see and hear. In love. Setting the example. Showing this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Because you, again, you either believe all of this and what it says is right and what it says is wrong or don't believe any of it. 
But if you believe this, make the climb. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for calling us on this journey because you have. You've reached into the miry clay of each one of our lives. You've pulled us out of the dust. You've made beauty from ashes. And you're calling us to more. A deeper relationship with you. A deeper walk with you. A a higher climb with you. So my prayer for us this week is that we strain forward together. We're not alone in this journey. But we can get left behind. If we get comfortable, if we stop climbing, if we stop reading, if we stop thinking, if we stop pressing forward, straining forward for the goal of the upward call of Christ Jesus in our lives. God, the higher up the mountain we go, the air just gets clearer. And it's easier to see for farther distances. Down on ground level, there's fog and there's trees and, and, and small hills and things in Tennessee that seem really large and there's buildings and telephone poles and it's just clutter but the higher up the mountain we go everything gets simple and clear that's what you're calling us to in our faith to forget what's behind leave what's in the valley in the valley to leave your past in the past and press on and move forward with Jesus God, you're there holding our hand. We're not climbing alone. We're climbing with you. Help us make a few more strides forward in our climb this week. All for your glory and your praise. True Life Church says. Amen. Let's stand as we close this song.